0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to the Blue Lake Presbyterian Church. Today's message is titled Follow Me, and it's based on Mark 8, verse 27 through 38. But I'd like to kick it off with something funny. A taxi driver and a minister get to the pearly gates at the same time. St. Peter says to the taxi driver, Welcome, here is your silken rope and golden staff, and you may enter the kingdom of heaven. Next, he greets the minister. And he says to the minister, Welcome, take your cotton rope and your wooden staff, and you may enter the kingdom as well. Well oh, just a minute, says the minister. That man was a taxi driver. And he gets a silken rope and a golden staff. The taxi driver says, how can this be? So St. Peter's replies, Oh, up here, we work by results. Well, you preached, people slept. While he drove, people prayed. <laughs> In 1963, Ricky Nelson wrote a song called I Will Follow. So did Carole King in 1971. And the rock group U2 hit the charts in the early 80s with a song with the same title. Then John Denver released a song called Follow Me in 1970. Peter, Paul, and Mary... That the song was the same title in 1971. So did Olivia Newton John in 1975, and LAS in 1992, and songwriter and singer Uncle Cracker in 2001. Needless to say, Follow Me is a popular theme for songwriters and singers. Earlier this week, I went to visit a farm in near Toronto, Canada. Well, this week it was amazingly warm out there. Quite a contrast from the winter weather that we typically see at this time of year in, in previous years. And I recall a few years ago driving from the airport to the farm, uh, which is about an hour, uh, driving in heavy snow following a snowplow with a long string of cars behind it. Nobody in his right mind would consider passing that snowplow and risk getting stuck in the snow. We all followed. And so it is with the Lord. In the Bible, the words follow and followed are repeated nearly 200 times. In Exodus 14.4, Pharaoh's army followed the Israelites into the desert. Elijah said in 1 Kings 18.21, If the Lord is God, follow him. In Psalm 23.6, David wrote, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Then 300 years later, Isaiah warned his fellow countrymen in Isaiah 51 1, listen to me, that you follow righteousness. In the New Testament, the term follow me is mentioned 18 times. And this is what brings us to today's scripture reading in Mark 8, verse 27 through 38, which can be found on page 43 of your Pew Bible and the second half of the Bible. And I'll give you a moment to to look it up. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, What do people say I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, What do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he then sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside. And he began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind, not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves. Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man, will also be ashamed. When he comes in the glory of his Father, who is the holy angels. Let's bow our heads. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, In your truth, find wisdom, and in your will, discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So this reading in Mark Mark 8, Jesus starts walking north to a region that is described as the villages of Caesarea Philippi. This is an area that is located 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee at the base of Mount Hermon. Caesarea Philippi is the site of one of the largest springs feeding the Jordan River. And as they're walking, there is much opportunity to talk. It's a 25-mile walk from the Sea of Galilee. There are no iPhones, no Androids, no Facebook, no Twitter, As a distraction. Instead, a lot of good old-fashioned quality time to talk. So at one point, Jesus launches this surprise question in verse 27. Who do people say that I am? Well, the disciples contemplate for a while. And they start giving these varying answers citing different names of recent past, like like John the Baptist, who just uh, passed away not too long ago, but also of ancient times, like Elijah and the prophets. These answers provide a suspense, not unlike the Academy Awards. Whose name is it going to be? But Jesus doesn't give an answer. Instead, he asks another question. He's more interested in what the disciples themselves are thinking. And he asks, who do you say I am? In 2013, Live Magazine put out a live book titled Jesus. Jesus full of pictures and insightful information. And the subtitle of that book was, Who Do You Say I Am? So what is the answer? Before the other disciples can even give an answer, before they even can attempt to express their thoughts, Peter chimes in and says, You are the Messiah. Well, that quickly ends the conversation. Jesus sternly orders them not to talk to anybody about this. But then he starts describing what is about to happen, foreshadowing his death. Describing not how the Roman command, but the Jewish leaders, the elders, the chief priests and the scribes will reject him and that he will be killed, but that he, will be, that he will rise in three days. The disciples don't want to hear about this. This was clearly beyond their level of comprehension and comfort. So Peter objects. But Jesus gets annoyed with Peter's inability to listen. He rebukes him by saying, Get behind me, Satan. Get your mindset away from the world. But listen to the divine things that I have to say. Apparently, a crowd is following them to Caesarea Philippi. Because in verse 34 it says, He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Well, he already knows of his execution on the cross. But now he tells the crowd, if you want to follow me, deny yourselves. Take up your cross and follow me. Now the disciples don't know what all this means. Peter will eventually deny Jesus. Not once, but three times. And on the day of the crucifixion, the disciples are hiding with the exception of John, the only disciple present at the cross. But after the resurrection, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the disciples take up their cross, they deny themselves, and they start spreading the gospel message with so much fervor, intensity, ...and passion... ...that they no longer worry... ...about the consequences. They transform... ...from a worldly perspective... ...into a divine mission... ...to share the good news... ...of Jesus Christ. And they are emboldened... ...with zeal... ...and commitment. Now all the disciples... Were persecuted. And with the, with the exception of John, they all died as martyrs, as martyrs. Early church leader Tertullian wrote in the second century the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Persecution didn't slow the growth of the Christian faith even as early leaders died horrible death christianity flourished throughout the roman empire but how can this historical account of martyrdom be viewed as anything but dramatic evidence of the truth of the gospel in the first three centuries, it is estimated that up to 100,000 believers were killed for taking up their cross and following Jesus. This persecution of the early church lasted until Constantine came to power in the year 313, and he authorized Christianity. But Christian persecution didn't stop there. Particularly in the later years. Later this morning we will be singing I have decided to follow Jesus. But what would happen if you decided to follow Jesus and you have to raise your hand and by doing so you sign your own death warrant. Would you keep your hand up there? The Soviet Union occupied Romania after World War II, putting it under control of communism. And in nineteen forty eight, a follower of Christ called Richard Warmbrand publicly said communism and Christianity are not compatible. This resulted into his imprisonment and torture for his beliefs. After serving 14 years in a prison in Romania, he was ransomed for $10,000. His friends in Romania urged him to leave the country. He immigrated to America. And dedicated his life to helping persecuted Christians. He wrote 18 books. Including the book Tortured for Christ. He wrote that 50 years ago. This book was put into a movie. And it will be in theaters on March 5th. One day a week from now. It describes... Months of solitary confinement, years of periodic physical torture, constant suffering from hunger and cold, and anguish from brainwashing and mental cruelty. Richard Wormbrandt is the personification of Take Up Your Cross and Follow Me. He founded an organization called Voice of the Martyrs, a ministry providing assistance to persecuted Christians in 68 countries. typically, I visit a farm in Willow Creek on Saturdays, typically on Saturday afternoons. But a few weeks ago, for some odd reason, I decided to go on a weekday. And on the way back, I found myself listening to a program called In the Market by Janet Parshall. And she interviewed Tom Doyle, the author of Dreams and Visions. And he started a ministry called Uncharted. And with the Olympics in Korea this year, they were discussing. How the Voice of the Martyrs Korea was delivering letters to 2,300 North Korean defectors who had taken up their cross and are now following Jesus. These believers entered into a ministry reaching out to their fellow countrymen in North Korea. The gospel is making it into North Korea through shortwave radio and balloons with Bibles attached. Doyle told a story of a North Korean soldier who found such a Bible. He started reading it, searching for the truth. It moved him to run across the two-and-a-half-mile-wide DMZ. And he became a follower of Jesus. And he's now entering ministry. Former U.S. Senator and Kansas Governor Sam Brownback, who is currently the U.S. Ambassador-at-Large for International Religious Freedom, shared in an interview that North Koreans who are caught following Jesus are told to deny their faith or gruesome torture will result. He cited examples of molten lead being poured down the throat of believers who do not renounce their faith. He continued... When in North Korea, when a North Korean is arrested for following Jesus, he or she will go to prison. But so will their parents and their children, and they are subject to persecution and torture. The North Korean government goes through great lengths to uproot Christianity and persecute those who have decided to follow Jesus. Now, how can a church grow under a dark, repressing ge- regime like that? Well, the church in North Korea is growing, despite severe persecution. This is the ultimate example of take up your cross, And follow me. Now south of the border, followers of Christ are bountiful and full of fervor and passion. There are more Presbyterians in South Korea than all of the United States of America. The largest evangelical church in the world, the Yoida Full Gospel Church, is located in South Korea, counting 430,000 members. And more than 200,000 people attend their Sunday service in their main church in Seoul, South Korea. Today, South Koreans are the most fervent evangelists in the whole entire world. There are an estimated 17,000 Korean missionaries, worldwide, the second-largest group after the United States. And although several Korean missionaries were killed in Afghanistan by the Taliban in 2007, they are committed regardless of the cost of discipleship. The Association of Protestant Churches in South Korea plans to dispatch hundred thousand missionaries by the year 2030. A few weeks ago, an organization called Open Doors unveiled the 2018 World Watch List of the most 50 dangerous countries to follow Jesus. And they shared a story of a 47-year-old nun in India India who had received numerous threats from radical Hindus to stop bringing the love and the good news of Christ to the people this nun was drugged raped and killed the police systematically destroyed the evidence later the attackers were acquitted. Today, there are 635 followers of Jesus held in Indian prisons without a trial. India is number 11 on the watch list. In that same press conference, it described the plight of an American Presbyterian pastor, Andrew Brunson, who spent over 20 years ministering to Christians in the country of Turkey. And he's now locked up in a prison for allegedly trying to overthrow the Turkish government and constitution. If convicted, Pastor Brunson should be sentenced to life in prison. Billy Graham led hundreds of thousands of people to take up their cross and follow Jesus and to accept him as Lord and Savior. This week, Billy Graham went to be with the Lord at age 99. He preached a message of hope and salvation with conviction and passion for over 60 years reaching over 200 million people in more than 185 countries. He used to say, my home is in heaven. I'm just traveling through the world. Knowing we will be with Christ forever far outweighs our burdens today. Mountaintops are for views and inspiration. But fruit is grown in the valleys. Last week, I visited a Teen Challenge meeting. And I heard the students that once went through those valleys, through those dark valleys. And they shared that testimony on how Christ has transformed them. How their hearts are softened and how joy has come back into their lives. And how those students took the cross and followed Jesus. These testimonies weren't only heartwarming. They brought tears to the listeners in the audience like rivers of living water. Folks, are we ready to take up our cross and follow Jesus? Are we prepared to face ridicule for being believers and be followers of Christ? Are we primed To share our testimony. Our testimony. Jesus said in John 10 27, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Billy Graham said, When we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. Believers, look up. Take courage. The angels are nearer than you think. Friends, are we ready to put Jesus first and follow him? If we are willing to do that, he is waiting for us with arms wide open To receive us. Take this moment. To give your life to Christ. Accept him. As Lord and Savior. Jesus. Come into our hearts. Forgive us for our sins. And we are ready. To follow you. Thank you. God bless you. Amen.